Come unto me, all ye that prevail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. One of the principles governing the Stickway household, which consists of my cat Dorcas and myself, is that we never throw anything away as long as we have room for it. Now that principle was put to a test last month when the painters came and a great mound of Dorcas's old toys emerged from all sorts of places and down the trash chute they went. Now they were preceded by three heavy cartons of old sermons that went down the chute before the toys. It was somewhat sobering to ponder how much hot air all that paper had generated over the years. Now, I'm sure among those boxes of sermons were at least a dozen sermons relating to miraculous healings on the Sabbath day. Now, to do his job properly, the preacher must move from story to news, from an old tale to something new, from a story to the gospel. Now, there are many trails to take from this particular story of this particular woman. My first trail leads me to my apartment building in Winter Park, Florida. It was a very social building of constant cocktail parties and dinner parties. We all knew each other's business, but that knowledge was never intrusive. It was indeed rather comforting. But we had one couple in our building that no one ever saw. I only saw them once in the 10 years that I lived there, and my neighbors had seen them even less frequently than that. The time I saw them, they were being helped into their limousine early in the morning to attend some family business. They were cared for by an elderly housekeeper that just came and went very silently. But this couple, you see, were not married to each other. They were mother and son, and they suffered severely from the same malady as the woman in our story. And when I saw them, it was a heart-rending sight. They were shut in and shut out. And when Rollins College finally bought our building, we were all scattered to the four winds of downtown Orlando, and that couple were the first to leave, but yet no one saw them leave, neither them or their chattels. Their apartment was just empty as if they had never existed. Because I have a preacher's imagination, I pondered about my neighbors, shut out of all the happy and social life that surrounded them from day to day. Was there some release and literature or art or music? I have no idea. But that's an old tale. 
And I have to move on to good news. And that begins with old people, with old lady Proctor. Mrs. Proctor was the head of our altar guild. I referred to her as the USS Proctor, a battleship. And she moved in a stately way, as if she was going through the Straits of Hormuz with all the battle flags waving and, and guns ablaze, frequently at the young rector. <laughs> now, it was the custom of that parish that Mrs. Proctor, together with the parish secretary, arranged for the sick communions. And on the day appointed, the clergy would go into the sacristy and the communion vessel sets would be set up and there were little index cards on them with the name of the parishioner and their address and telephone number and how to get to their house. It was at all complicated. And then in Mrs. Proctor's own hand were notes that she thought we might find useful. Now how she amassed this information, I leave it to your imagination but she did. And those notes really were somewhat helpful and very accurate. Early on, one such note said, watch out for bingo, the dog bites. <laughs> I will come back to bingo in a few minutes. Early on in my association with the USS Proctor, I was in the sacristy picking up my communion set and I said, Helen, you know, this shut-in list is really uh, very inadequate. And she sort of puffed up, and she said, well, Madge and I take a great deal of effort in making sure that it's up-to-date and accurate. I said, Helen, I'm not referring to the people who can't come to church. I'm referring to the shut-ins that are in church. I said, 80% of these people haven't been to another church in 30 years except for a, a wedding or a funeral. And she blasted back about the possibility of finder, finding greener pastures elsewhere. But the fact remains, they were shut in by their opinions and their preferences and their prejudices. And they were burdened by it. And if truth be told, they were even bored by it. Now, sooner or later, a preacher, particularly a young preacher, has to look in the mirror and find his own burden. We've carried them for so long, we don't even know they're there. And when I look into my mirror, I see the burden of self-righteousness the certainty of one's righteousness, of knowing the standards of what is right and just and fair. This is what this old Bible story is all about. It wasn't told to give comfort to my mysterious neighbors in Winter Park. It's there because Stickway's here. It's told to people who were self-righteous, who knew the standards of what was just and fair, who knew what was legal and what was not, 
who knew what was politically correct or religiously correct or not. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. Many of us heard those words Sunday by Sunday. They were said to us after we heard the formula for the remission, for the forgiveness of our sins. And when we take those words of absolution to heart, into our souls, then those comfortable words, come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, then those words come true. For we are not just forgiven of all those little things we've done and shouldn't have done, and things left undone that we should have done or whatever. Those words of absolution from our Lord are words of liberation the liberation of our self-righteousness, which restricts our generosity and respect to those who sit in our pews and share our own views. Every preacher, prophet, or politician must learn that ignorance, self-serving ignorance, greed, unfairness, cruelty, can be confronted and defeated, perhaps at a heavy cost to a position or popularity, but seldom, if ever, it is, if it is defeated by people who carry the burden of their own self-righteousness. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. With the blessed sacrament in hand, I rang the doorbell to meet Bingo, the dog who bites. His owner opened the door. She took one look at me and said, oh, I was so looking forward to Father Eichelman. <laughs> Father Eichelman was a senior assistant in that parish for many years. He carried a burden far heavier than any of us will ever be compelled to carry, but he carried it with grace and no little courage. I administered the Holy Communion to uh, Bingo's owner. I kept my eye on the dog as well. And as I left, she said to me, I so look forward to Father Eichelman. He's such a comfort, for he brings me glad tidings of redemption and release. Glad tidings of redemption and release. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Month by month, my associates and I would get our marching orders from the USS Proctor to carry the Blessed Sacrament to the shut-in. It was our highest privilege to be able to do so. For we learned that what was shut in could be released. What was bent to the ground could be lifted up and what was deadly dull could be refreshed, and what was thought to be lost could be redeemed. For his yoke is easy, his burden is light, and the grace he gives so costly to himself, so costly to himself, is so freely given to us for the liberation of our souls. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.